Well, hello, my friends, and welcome to the Friday broadcast of Hope for Your Heart. This is Pastor Calvin Corbett with Hickory Ridge Community Church in Chesapeake, Virginia. And every Friday, I remind you, hey, it's Friday, but Sunday's coming. And I hope that you're going to be worshiping somewhere this weekend in a Bible-believing church with other believers. And I hope that you do it in person, if at all possible. You know, it's great to listen to services online. And uh, you can watch our services online. If you just go to our website, you can go ahead and click on our service at 1045 when we have our live service um, featured on Facebook Live. And so love to have you tune in, but we'd really love to have you come in person. And now uh, we have a service at 9 or 1045, same service that we do twice. And I'd uh, love to have you come and worship with us this weekend at Hickory Ridge Community Church. Well, before I get into the subject of who's the greatest forgiver in the world, uh, history's greatest forgiver, I want to talk to you about living with an eternal perspective. Keeping eternal perspective in our life, it, it helps us to prioritize our lives. It helps us live with less stress and more joy. Some Arthur said this, we may believe in eternity, but to what extent we have actually agreed with the world that eternity is relevant until after this life. Eternity is not merely a time frame that is endless. It is profoundly and foremost a qualitative thing that is available now. When we begin to see all of our moments set in the context of eternity, we will bring to those moments a seriousness that we would not otherwise have had. In other words, we've got to think not just of the nasty now or now, think about what's going to happen beyond this life. Not too long ago, I drove to New Britain, Connecticut with the intent of admitting my son, Seth, to a hospital for special care. The church family prayed over us on that Sunday before we left, and, and God's people gave us a very generous love offering, and uh, we so appreciate that. We have just a wonderful church that just really loves us and cares for us, and so our plan was starting to come together perfectly. Seth even slept during most of the stressful time during that trip to New York, going through New York City, rather, as we're heading up to Connecticut. Uh, you know that part of the trip. If you've been up to New England and gone through New York City, you know the beloved George Washington Bridge. Well, he slept through all that traffic through New Jersey and New York City, and we arrive only to learn that our insurance company had not approved his admission. Wow. Plan B had to quickly take place, and we quickly find a hotel room, and we pray that we can make it through the night without any major meltdowns, and, and to God be the glory, we found a, a lovely, clean hotel. Decently priced with an indoor pool and, and a great Mexican restaurant within uh, just a few minutes of the hotel. And Seth was up a lot, but uh, at least uh, we didn't have any uh, meltdowns. And, and he was admitted to the hospital finally because we appealed the decision. And uh, as we're going through this whole thing, we are feeling stress, right? I mean, here we are at a hotel and I asked the lady, I says, can you put us in a room kind of away from everybody. That way, if he has an episode, we're not going to disturb uh, everybody else here. And uh, we just prayed and prayed and prayed. And, and, and our prayer was that the people who are making that decision with the insurance company, that they would see the seriousness of our situation. You know, God worked in that thing miraculously. And uh, within three hours after we, we, we had the decision overturned, we were able to get him admitted to that hospital. And we're driving back. And as we're driving back, we're getting close to New York City, and uh, my wife's phone rings, and it's the hospital. And they says, Seth just had a major episode, a major meltdown. And, uh, and, and I just sigh, prayed a, a prayer of relief, said, thank you, Lord, because if he had been with us at that time, uh, we were coming up into the traffic, and, and that would have po possibly happened right there 
in the middle of New York City and all that traffic. You see, God heard our prayers and, and God answered our prayers. And the lady on the other end says, you know, it's a good thing that the insurance company uh, heard our appeal and responded to our appeal because if something had happened to you and to your wife on that ride home, the insurance company would be liable because they denied his entrance into the hospital or his admission to the hospital. You know, as I think about that, trying to keep an eternal perspective of things when things are constantly changing and things are so unpredictable, it sometimes can be downright frustrating, right? In 2 Corinthians chapter 4, it says, therefore, we don't lose hearts. You know, even though this outward man is perishing. And I tell you what, uh, the older I get, the more I realize this outward man is perishing. But Paul says the inward man is being renewed day by day. And then he says our light momentary affliction. They're but just for a moment. And they are working in us something far more exceeding with an eternal weight of glory. Well, we do not look at the things which are seen, but the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. So I want to encourage you to keep an eternal perspective. Don't just get hung up on what is happening right now. Uh, That'll get you mighty discouraged. That'll get you mighty depressed. So number one, keep looking up. Things will come together eventually. In the meantime, be renewed day by day. You see, when we fight something long-term, it's natural for fatigue to set in. You know, as a distant runner many years ago, (laughs) I discovered what is referred to as the runner's high. It's when you're running and you feel totally exhausted and you want to stop, but you press on. Your training and your discipline has encouraged you to press on, and as you press on, you get a burst of energy and a burst of strength. It's God's way of infusing in us or renewing us so that we don't give up. Listen, the same is true in your life right now. You may be feeling the immense pressure of what you're going through. Keep looking up. Things will come together eventually. Don't give up. Keep looking up. And then number two, keep prioritizing that inward character rather than just the outward appearance. Your afflictions are are fleeting, but character is what sustains us. Solomon wrote in Proverbs 31 that charm is deceitful, beauty is fleeting, but a woman who fears the Lord, she is to be praised. Have you ever thought about how little we have to do with our personal looks, but how much we have to do with our personal character? Now, I'm not saying that we don't try to take care of ourselves and present ourselves physically. Like old J. Vernon McGee used to always say on his broadcast, if the old barn needs to be painted, well, by God, throw some paint on that old barn. So we should take care of our bodies, but we must realize that the structure, the character of our body is much more important than the external appearance. We are to present our bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing unto God. You see, the primary focus of our lives should be developing our inward character. You will discover the most beautiful people in the world are not just pretty on the outside, but they're beautiful on the inside as well. So when you're feeling frustrations and you want to keep an eternal perspective, keep looking up. Things will come together eventually. Keep prioritizing that inward character rather than simply looking at the outward appearance. And then number three, keep the right perspective. We are far better than we realize. What is seen is temporary, says Paul. The unseen lives on forever. A little phrase that I love and is found 150 times in the King James Bible is a little phrase, and it came to pass. 
No matter how good your life is right now, or no matter how bad your life is right now, it will come to pass. It will be over. In heaven, however, nothing will come to pass, because you will always be in His presence. Keep that perspective right. Realize that we are far better off than we realize because the future is going to get better for us. You may face a few bad days here and there. You may face some trouble ahead of you, but in the far future, heaven is our home. We are far better off than we realize. Can you think about those who don't know Christ? You know, a person who doesn't know Christ, the only heaven they will ever experience is right here on this earth. That's it. That's as good as it's going to get for them. But for the person who knows Christ, the only hell that we'll ever experience is right here on earth. This is the worst it's going to get for us because in heaven, our eternal home, there'll be no more pain, no more sorrow, no more separation. We'll be with King Jesus forever. Oh, I can't wait for that day. So let's keep the right perspective. Number four, when you're feeling frustrated and you want to keep an eternal perspective, trust God's plan. His plans will not be thwarted. You see, knowing that God is in control is more important than my feeble attempts to change my circumstances. God changes our circumstances in His way and in His timing. God makes all things beautiful in His time. You see, nobody can stop God's plan for your life. The truth is, God the Father has a plan. It's set in stone for every one of us. No one can stop God's plan for your life, not even the enemy. God has had a plan for us since the foundations of the world, an eternal plan for mankind that was revealed in the person of Jesus Christ. Because we are united with Christ, we have hope and a future. And that hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has given that hope to us. Romans 5.5. 5. So as we think about frustration and we think about keeping an eternal perspective, I can't think of a better way than to keep that eternal perspective other than forgiving somebody. You see, when you think about not forgiving somebody, You are hoarding on to a grudge. You are bringing into your very temple resentment, bitterness, and I think it can even lead to some health problems. When we know that God knows everything about us, we should realize that He knows that we need to be quick to forgive. I want you to know that the greatest forgiver in the world is the Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus is God in flesh. You know, the Bible is very clear on its teaching about the deity of Jesus Christ. Whenever I teach our new members class, I remind our new members that God is a God who is omniscient. God is a God who is all-powerful, that is omnipotent. He knows everything. He's all-powerful. God is also a God who exists in three different entities, but is one God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Three in one, one in three, the one in the middle died for me. When I think about God and what he knows about, he knows all about himself. He knows all about his creation, and he knows all about history. He knows our past hurts. He knows our present hurts. He knows our future hurts. God knows everything about me. And not only does he know everything about me, he knows everything that's going to happen to me and everything that can happen to me. He knows the scope of my history from beginning to end. Listen, God knows all of my faults. In Psalm 69, 5, it says, My sins, O God, they're not hidden from you. You know how foolish I have been. You see, the fact is, sometimes we want to forget the omniscience of God because it's a little uncomfortable. You know, it's uncomfortable for me to realize that I don't have any secrets from God. 
There's some things I'd rather God not know about me, but I don't have any secrets and neither do you. God knows everything. You know, a man's way, according to Proverbs 5.21, a man's ways are in full view of the Lord and he examines all of his paths. You know, you always have an audience. (laughs) Nothing that you ever say is really off the record. God is always watching. You're always on stage. There is no secret closet. Everything that you think, everything that you see, everything that you do, everything that you feel, God sees it all, and he knows it all. That means this week, when you are on that diet, and you got one of those midnight snacks out of the refrigerator, God knew all about that. When you said just one bite, uh, the devil has a, a line for us. He says, no one will ever know, but God knows. You see, we go ahead and we do it, and then afterwards, he hits us with another question. What if they find out? What if my parents find out about what I've been doing? What if my husband or my wife finds out, or my boss, or my pastor, or the IRS, and then we worry? You have already been found out. God knows, and he's the one who counts. He knows all my faults, and he knows all my failures. God is not shocked by my sin. He's already seen it. He saw it coming. When we confess to him the things that we've done, he's not shocked. He saw it coming. I know, I understand, I know what what has happened. I know what you're going through. I know the situation. He understands everything about us. Here's a fact. We try to cover up, but Proverbs 28 says that cover-ups never work. But the one who confesses and renounces his sin, he will be forgiven. The greatest forgiver in the world is the Lord Jesus Christ. And we are told that if our hearts condemn us, we know that God is greater than our hearts And he knows everything about us. He knows that we struggle with this matter of receiving forgiveness. We go through times of guilt. Listen, God is greater than our guilt. God is greater than our faults. God knows all of my feelings, all of my frustrations. David the psalmist put it this way. You, God, have listened to my troubles, and you've seen the crisis of my soul. You know how troubled I am, and and you've kept a record of my tears. Don't you love that? God knows all of the concerns that you have. He's like a father, tender and sympathetic. He knows that we're made of dust. He knows that we're very fragile and we're very frail. When I'm ready to give up, he knows that I I should do the right thing. Sometimes we think, nobody knows what I'm going through. Nobody feels the pain that I'm going through. Well, I want you to know God knows. He knows my feelings and my frustrations. He has seen the crisis that is in my soul. You know, several years ago, an elderly woman passed away. Family members were cleaning out her house when they found a scrapbook. It was filled with obituaries from the local newspaper. Many of the death notices pertained to the people that she had detested. As bizarre as it may sound, she kept a scrapbook of all of her dead enemies. This woman had five different clippings of her most despised foe in her morbid memory book. Apparently, she had gained some kind of a strange satisfaction by thinking they could no longer torment her. Or could they? If we don't forgive our deceased enemies, they'll continue to haunt us through our hateful memories of them. I want you to know that God is sympathetic toward our hurts. Our response is that we must not give up. We must give in to the Lord. Listen, the Lord knows our futures as well. Psalm 139 says that the days allotted to me have been recorded in your book before any one of them even began. Oh, I've got some really good news for you. We love Jeremiah 29, 11, the plans that God has for us, the plans of a hope and a future. 
those plans can be started to be cashed in right now. Now, if you're driving up a mountain and you're on a curvy road and you get caught behind a slow car, you think, if I could just get around the curve, I'll go ahead of him and I'll pass. If there was a helicopter above you, he could let you know if there was yet another car coming. From his perspective, he could help you out. Listen, from God's perspective, since he knows everything that's going on and everything that's going to happen, you can ask him for his advice. He knows the future. God knows the future all too well. You see, my response should be, I should trust him. Listen, God knows my future. God knows my feelings, my frustrations. God knows all my faults and all my failures. But there's something else that God also knows about us. He knows all of my fears. Jesus put it this way. So don't worry, saying, what shall I eat or what shall I wear? You know, the pagans run after all these things, and your Heavenly Father knows what you need. Oh, listen, God knows all of my fears. Your Father knows what you need even before you ask. Here's a fact. I've got fears, and and God knows all about them. So my response should be to not worry, to cast my cares upon Him, because He cares for me. He will sustain me. He will never let the righteous be shaken. Peter reminds us that we should humble ourselves under the mighty hand of God. So at just the right time, he will lift us up. Cast all our anxiety upon him because he cares for us. We're told to be sober, to be alert, because our adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking somebody to devour. Listen, God knows about our fears. The great forgiver can forgive us of our fears. He can forgive us of our faults. He can forgive us of all of our frustrations. And he can also forgive us of something else. God knows all the areas that I serve him and I feel like nobody notices. Those feelings of insecurity, those feelings that I am being left out. We are told in Matthew chapter 6 that we're to be careful as we're doing our acts of righteousness before men, that we don't do them to be seen by men. Because when we do that, our Father who sees what's done in secret He will reward us in open. But if we're doing our acts of righteousness before men to be seen by men, that is our reward. Listen, God knows all about your faithfulness. Don't become weary in your well-doing. At just the right time, you're going to reap a harvest if you don't give up. You know, as I think about giving up, somebody asked me, well, how often do you think about quitting? And I told them very quickly, you know, every Monday morning I think about quitting. Think about it, but don't do it, right? You know, Mondays are always tough, right? And, and Mondays are tough on everybody because we've got to go back to work and, 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 uh, and you had a great weekend and you probably went to church on Sunday, got to hang around with God's people, and then all of a sudden you wake up Monday morning and it's like, oh no, a whole new week uh, is ahead of me. And, and you're worn out from the weekend and, and you run down. You Listen, don't give up. Don't be weary in your well-doing. At just the right time, that harvest is going to come if you don't give up. The reason I feel like giving up on Monday is because I overwork on the weekends. So Monday, I got to take it easy, right? And just rest a little bit and prepare for a new week, recharge those batteries. I know God will faithfully get me through it. Now, as you think about your life, as we think about forgiveness, I want to encourage you to let go of offenses. Let them go. If it's an offense that is heavily weighing on you, the Bible tells us to go to that person. If it's a small offense, just let it go. Don't dwell on it. Don't make it bigger than it is. Listen, make a distinction between a mistake and an offense. You know, a mistake is somebody bumps into you 
and they accidentally step on your foot, right? That's a mistake. Somebody bumps into you and you spill your coffee. That's not an offense. That's a mistake. They didn't intentionally do that. Let that go, okay? When I think about letting go of offenses, in Africa, monkeys are captured by setting up cages and placing bait inside. The bait can be anything that a monkey would want, such as a food or an unusual object. And I want you to think about this analogy, how they capture monkeys and how the enemy captures us. You see, the monkey is lured to the cage, but they're too smart to actually go inside. Instead, they reach through the bars and they grab the bait. And then they try to pull it out. Because the object is too large to go through the bars, the only way the monkey can get away is to drop the bait and then he can get away. But the monkey refuses to let it go. They will kick and they will squeal, but they keep holding on. They stay trapped in bondage because they refuse to let go of the bait. Now I want you to know, the enemy has planted some bait in your life. The bait of unforgiveness. You're thinking, if I release this person, then they're going to go free. They're going to be off the hook. Listen, are you the devil's monkey? Have you grabbed onto Satan's bait, which we would call offenses? Satan sets his trap using offenses as bait. If you grab that offense, you will be his prisoner as long as you hold on. Many people are incarcerated in the devil's dungeon because they refuse to let go. You must choose to let go of all those past offenses. Keep your hands off all the future ones. That is how you are set free. Oh, I so want you to be set free. When the Lord sets you free, you're free indeed. But you know, before you can be set free, Jesus says you will know the truth. And the truth will set you free, and then you will be free indeed. You see, you got to own up to the truth of the offense. It is much easier to let go of that offense and to nurse it and to grudge it because it's going to get bigger and bigger and bigger, and it's going to do more damage the longer you hang on to it. My heart is broken right now for a couple who may be listening to me right now, and, and one of the partners is refusing to let go of an offense. And because they're refusing to let go of that, that offense, it's not only hurting that spouse and not only hurting the other spouse, but it's hurting the children. It's hurting them at work. It's hurting them at church. It's hurting them in their longevity. Their lives are going to become shorter because they're being eaten up from the inside out with bitterness and resentment, all because they refuse to let go of an offense. Oh, my brothers and sisters in Christ, would you forgive as you have been forgiven? You would discover a whole new life that is a life of freedom, a life that will set you free indeed. It will give you the opportunity to have a testimony. You know, I think about all the terrible things that happen in our lives, even the matter of hanging on to offenses. Do you know that God can use your testimony to be a blessing to somebody else? That test that you're going through right now will be one day a testimony. You know, the Bible says in Acts chapter 8, verse number 4, that they were scattered because of the persecution, and as they were scattered, they preached the word wherever they went. Listen, as you think about an offense, when God sets you free from that offense, you will be able to have a message that is a remarkable message to share with others. You know, you think about your story. Your story can be a blessing to somebody. Your story can encourage somebody. You know, I just got a letter here not too long ago. It was a several-page letter from one of our listeners, and I was so encouraged as I read 
this letter. And this letter basically was a listener who shared all of the hurts that they've gone through in their lives, but how because of a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ, they were set free. It took them a long time to work through it. There was page after page after hurt, and after uh, going through all this hurt, this particular person finally was set free by the blood of Jesus Christ. Listen, the same thing can happen to you. You don't have to live with that offense. You don't have to live under the burden of all that guilt. The Lord will forgive you. Just say a simple prayer. Lord, I know that I have fallen short of your glory. I struggle with forgiving somebody. Would you give me the ability to forgive this person? But Lord, would you first forgive me for being an unforgivable person? I, by faith, receive this gift of forgiveness. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, listen, my friend, if I can help you in any way, please give me a call, 757-421-7500. If you'd like to send me a text message, you can text me at 252-267-2365. 252-267-2365. And I promise I'll get back to you just as quick as I can. Thank you so much for listening to the broadcast today. If you'd like to listen to some other podcasts that are listed on our website, just go to hrcc7.org, hrcc7.org. God bless you. Thank you so much for listening today. Have a great weekend. If you'd like to hear this broadcast again, you can have a free download at buzzsprout.com backslash 1890557, or you can listen on Amazon, Spotify, Google Podcast, and Apple Podcast. Hickory Ridge Community Church is located at 3320 Battlefield Boulevard South in Chesapeake, Virginia. Sunday service times are 9 a.m. and 1030 a.m. We'd love for you to join us. For more information, go to hrcc7.org. And remember, no matter what you're going through, in Jesus Christ there is always hope for your heart.